All right, special edition of College Volleyball Weekly is featured here on the Net Live by the AVCA, and we have to do it special from Vegas on a Sunday because we did an episode here at the Red Rock Rave for SCVA. What an outstanding event that was. And we've called in our correspondents here. We hope they've watched enough volleyball. We're trying to catch Jay before it's after midnight there on the East Coast. And we have Jay, Vinny, and Rob on the line. Gentlemen, uh, what an unbelievable weekend of volleyball. I know we talked about the matches coming up. And, Robbie, it kind of delivered. UC Santa Barbara and Hawaii, I found myself after doing the UCLA-USC match last night watching that one until midnight, till the end of the third yep. set. And finally Santa Barbara kind of got something going, and we can no longer say that Hawaii has been undefeated in sets. What did Santa Barbara do well? You only stayed up till midnight. I stayed up till four in the morning to watch those. Did matches. you really? Did you really? I, I was on the way. I was late on the way home on the bus after a match at Penn State, and we were on the bus at one o'clock, and we put the uh, put it on the iPad. We watched uh, oh, wow. the first three games, and uh, it was a good match. But Robbie, please, the question was to you. I'm totally oh, impressed, yeah. well, Jay. You know, I think everyone was waiting with bated breath to see if this this set loss was going to happen, and it almost felt like it was going to happen in the second set. And you know, uh, we were sitting ironically after the UC Irvine CSUN match in Eureka, you know, with a couple beers, like headed on on the iPad. I'm like, oh, they're going to happen, and then Hawaii fended it off, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, deep breath. And of course, it happened in that third set, and I was like, whoa, someone did it! Oh my goodness! <laughs> but, By the uh, way, who called that? Who called that, by the way? I just want everybody to acknowledge. I don't know. We we probably have some video to consult that we could uh, we could go back and figure out who that was. <laughs> I you have to need credit for it. That's all. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. But you know, this is the thing. It just shows the, the, the persistence and just the lethal lethal play of Hawaii. They are just relentless in in this year, and it showed even in that second time. Like, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen now. And sure enough, they battled back in. And got that set, but then they couldn't fend them off. They, they just fell too far behind late in the third set. So, you know, my hats off to to Santa Barbara, but still, honestly, I, Hawaii was playing so well. Anything that Santa Barbara came out with, they're just pretty shut down. Yeah, it was impressive to watch Hawaii last night. They have a whole bunch of heat. And Jay, I have been asking volleyball coaches for a while now who is the best team, and they keep telling me Hawaii. Uh, I believe it. After that. Are you on board? And I think you are when we talked about it last week. Yeah, no, I'm on board right now. I, I just think that the amount of energy, the amount of passion, the amount that the, you can see, it's actually visible on the screen how much those guys play for each other. And I yeah. know that Long Beach is obviously very much the same. I'm not saying that Long Beach is a crap team and that Hawaii is head and shoulders. But you can just watch and see how much those guys love playing with each other Playing in front of ten thousand people is a pretty big deal, and let's let's comment on that first. Right, they put ten thousand yep. over ten thousand people in the gym. Sold out. First time yep. since nineteen ninety seven, and that's more than I think the last or ever an NCAA men's final has ever ever had. Jay, and that is yeah. It, Jay, I played it, it, in front of those people back in nineteen ninety seven. That is my era. We lost first round two. Pepper or to Hawaii at Hawaii, ten thousand two twenty-five. I felt like I'd been at a rock concert because my yeah. hearing was <laughs> yeah. so destroyed. And how, and how cool is that? How awesome! If you're a recruit, if you're a fan, if you're a player, you look at that atmosphere. And obviously, it doesn't happen every single match, but but you get a chance once in a while to be a part of something special. You know, kudos to Hawaii and the Hawaii fans. 
I really love my fans. My Mason family and Mason fans are, in my eyes, the best fans in the country because they just follow a team. You know, we're not big time. But when you when you go to Hawaii, even if you're the opposing team, you know that the fans obviously are cheering for their people, for their players. But they just love good volleyball, and I yep, love amen. playing in yeah. Hawaii. And, and all the aunties and all the people that surround the program. It's such a phenomenal job, and I just give my hats off to, to Hawaii. That's just a great place to play. Right, and, and, and just to put a perspective on how special last night was, 10,000-plus fans entering last night, 37 out of the 43 NCAA Division One, Division Two teams didn't have 10,000 combined fans for their entire season. At wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm surprised Barton hasn't drawn that well. But yeah, I don't think there's 10,000 people on Wilson, North Carolina. So, Barney brought jokes tonight. Should have been there last night when I was trying to entertain myself for five sets with USC UCLA. Oh my goodness! Can we can we bring that up? Go ahead. Yes. What happened? And right now, I know. We, as a group, talked about the unruly fans that are going on in sports across the board. It's not just volleyball, for that matter. It's, it's across the board. But you had an ugly USC fan. Uh, whether or not it was a player or not, I have no I know who it was. I'll tell you offline. I, know, I do know who it I, was. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that not only was this player uh, representing his alma mater or his, his school that he is supporting, but... You got you got parents and family of a player that he is degrading on the court, and I don't think I'm not just hey, you suck. Like that's normal. We don't care about that kind of stuff. <laughs> or yep. maybe they talk about it in creative format, like what Princeton does when they when they talk about a player's shoelaces or something like that. This guy was going after Kofi and going after Micah Ma'a in, in ways that is just really unsavory. And I'm telling you right now, if I'm just my guard. I'm finding out who that is, and I'm calling them personally and saying, you are never invited back to my gym. You want to set a precedent? You want to set a message to the rest of the country that that kind of stuff is not acceptable in our gym? You call that person specifically, just like Olmstead did, when he walked across the gym in the middle of a match to stop play, to tell that person, stop acting like a jackass. You want to set a message, you call that guy personally and say, you are never welcome in my gym, you're never welcome in a practice, you're never welcome at another alumni event ever again because you are unacceptable as a fan. That's how you send the message, and I hope he does that. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and I mean, here's the thing. You know, we could be here today talking about, you know, a great USC win in five games. So this team's kind of hanging their stride. They're the dark horse team to win the MPSF. But what are we talking about? We're talking right. about another – you know, issue with with USC, and it's it, you know it's it's just frustrating. You know, I you know we I, I'm just hoping that this is not a trend going forward. And even now, you know, we talk about moving forward. You know, what's going to be the questions coming up this week that they're going to have to address? Hey, USC, you're playing. You, you could be playing UCLA in the semifinals. Well, does Pepperdine need extra security for this match? Right. Well, no, I mean, the tournament's coming up. Yeah, I mean, I mean nothing. You know, nothing hey, happened. So, oh yeah, no, no. no. Nothing physical happened anyway. There was some threat of that, but nothing ended up happening. Right. No, I'll tell you that guy much. that was playing out at the end, though, I, I'd love to see him get all riled up that is calling that fan out because I'm telling you, that guy was a big dude, and that other guy would have gone down nice and fast. Uh, yeah, well, Ponoma'a is and, no you know, small human. No, Ponoma'a <laughs> is not a small human. And Micah, 
you know, he held back a little bit, but at the very end of the video, you could see him running after that guy. This is the challenge that we face. The, the fourth wall is being broken, and you're, you're possibly seeing a potential injury, a potential lawsuit where a player and a fan interact. Like, just like we saw in the NBA years ago uh, when Meta World Peace or was getting into yeah. The malice in the and, palace. And, and, and distance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, and that kind of stuff can't happen. We cannot have fans and athletes interacting uh, where there are blows thrown or, you know, words being said where it's so close that you got to worry about security coming in. That's just, All right. that's just unacceptable. All right. Well, enough about that. Bad, bad judgment by the people involved on these sidelines in terms of the uh, fan that was heckling. So uh, don't do that if you go in any matches this week. Jay, I wonder, right. <laughs> I wonder why do the conferences not match up in terms of timing, Jay? Well, you have different amount of teams. Uh, uh, you look true, at the yeah. NBA, you have eight programs. You look at the Conference Carolinas, you have nine programs. You look at the Big West, you have six. You look at the MPSF, I think you have eight or seven at the moment. You look at the IBA, and we have eight currently, soon to be nine. That's why when you look at the conference matches and the weekends that are lining up, it doesn't line up correctly. And, okay. and I think there's some discussion in the future to try to mitigate that, but the problem is, you need more teams in order to make things even. And just I got you. That way. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, or, or or you need conferences to actually say, hey, you know what? Do we really need number eight seed Quincy to be in the quarterfinals? Do Correct. we really need, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, that, that's the other way to look at it. You know, take take your top six. You know, one and two. You know, play your tops one and two get buys in the semifinals. The the lower four maybe have to play a Tuesday match and then. Your semifinals are Thursday. I mean, well, that, and that's that's, that's very true. That's actually what should happen. The unfortunate thing is the Big West only has six teams, so you have right. to take everybody in that one. But the Conference Carolinas and, and the MIVA, they can only take the top six, and they choose to take everybody, and that's their own conferences want to need. They can do what they want, obviously. Right. But, you know, it just cuts into the weekends. All right, yeah. well, the Big West still has one more weekend to go, and we're going to talk about that in terms of matches upcoming. It'll be another sellout, much smaller building, but tickets will be definitely hard to come by. Vinny, what happened out east other than Jay Hasek getting in the playoffs? Yeah, well, well, I think that, that that's the big news. I think that we were all kind of anticipating a, a really exciting weekend or final weekend in the IVA with postseason jockeying, and how everything played out, it's going to be rather anticlimactic. Well, you, the big story, though, you have right now is Princeton. So all four teams in the EIVA tournament have clinched spots. The field is set. The seeding has not been set. And the big question is going to be, can Princeton get one more win to lock down the regular season championship and host the and host the EIVA tournament? It'll be the first time in program history that they have been able to achieve that. So they have they have St. Francis coming up and Penn State. To, both those teams are going to be in the EIVA tournament. So very big match, big matches moving forward. So once again, seeding so important. Our seeding's yeah. very intriguing in that for matchups. And then out in the conference, Carolinas, Barden, their 14 match winning streak came to an end. Bristol, Tennessee, has been a house of horrors for the Bulldogs. They lost to King in four games. King absolutely outplayed them in that match. Good news for the Bulldogs, though, is they were able to beat winless Lees McRae to win the conference regular season title, get the number one overall seed. So the road to Long Beach goes through Wilson, North Carolina. So that should be an intriguing 
So that should be very, very good for the Bulldogs because they are very good at home and they've had struggles at, at King. So that's the breakdown of the conference. Carolinas, once again, though, I think that we're we're set to see, I think, a rematch of last year's finals, King versus Barden, in the conference Carolinas. Don't count out Mount Olive. Yes. I'm just saying right now, don't count out Mount Olive. King is good, but they're young. They haven't been before as a large group. Uh, Barton, obviously, is the team to beat. They're the guys that have been leading the trunk this time of year. Do not count out Mount Olive. Right. They have a young coach named Ali, who is a libero at Cal State Northridge. He's doing really nice things there at that program. He's turning things around. They've got some decent recruits from years past. Mount Olive could be the spoiler. That's going to be my spoiler alert with this. Right. right. And, and I would say, and also going off that, I think that Barton may even have the tougher road than King to win the Conference Carolinas. When you look at the semi possible semifinal matchup, you have Belmont Abbey against Mount Olive. If you yep. shut down Liam Maxwell, you're going to beat Belmont Abbey. The challenge is shutting down Liam Maxwell. That kid's averaging about five kills a game. So tough road, tough road all around. But once again, Barton, very good at home. They're still going to be the favorite, but you, Jay's exactly right. They're going to be pushed in the semifinals. I don't expect Erskine to make too much of noise. Nope. In the quarterfinals. <laughs> nope. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Hang on just a second. Hold on. Hold on. Beep. 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 What is that sound? Oh, it's Irvine. Limestone. It's Irvine <laughs> headed to the playoffs. They're backing it in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, my. Just because your alma mater is one out of the NPSF, come on, man. Well, okay, so UC Irvine, Robbie, I don't even know with all the fricas that went on last night and then watching the Hawaii match in Santa Barbara and then flying to Vegas this morning to do this show, I did not see what the result was the second night. You tell me. I know UC Irvine lost in five, night number one to CSUN. What happened last night? Well, I will tell you this. It was, I mean, after the second set, just the atmosphere of the Brent events there, the crowd was totally bummed out and ready to go home. We were down 0-2, oh. putting up no fight whatsoever. It, and, you know, it's just Northridge is on fire. And they were literally uh, between, it was uh, uh, Maciej Kaczynski and uh, Salvary Tomsha. They were blasting away at the left pin. We couldn't stop them. We had, you know, close to zero offense. Uh, and, and Nick made a huge change. He moved David Parker from Libro to outside hitter, put in A.J. Thaley to start at Libero. He said Patrick Sohaki in the middle and moved Carl Apple back to opposite, and it started happening. Parker started putting balls away. At, he's listed at 6-1. It's a very generous 6-1, and uh, he started getting kills. He started digging a ton of balls in between he and Thaley playing defense together. A lot of balls were being picked up in transition, and we were getting points. We took the third, and next thing you know, we took the fourth and pushed into the fifth, and, and Northridge checked out at the fifth set. We ended up getting them a first sweep. So, uh, you know, a little tinkering there, but it, it got the job done, and it saved us. You know, what, what does that mean? It moves up maybe one spot to play Northridge again, but with a higher seed. So so, so this just in. Yeah. I just heard Nip's lineup for next week. David Parker is going to be a middle blocker. Carl Applebaum is going to be the setter. That's uh, that's what they're going with. That so. sounds like a Niffin move. <laughs> yeah. Throw, that Throw it all out the window. <laughs> it, it, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound like a complete insult to David Parker. I, I'm not meaning it this way, but, man, I am sure I am sure Hawaii and, and Long Beach, they are just shaking their boots now. 
having to stop David Parker on the outside. That's right. <laughs> well, the scouting right. report has definitely been redefined. That's for sure. Yes. So, and, yeah. and that's not, and, and once again, that comes off as a complete insult. Not, I don't need to come off that way, but I'm just saying, what, what in the world, UC Irvine? This has been a collapse beyond belief in the second half of the season. They went from in great position to get the number two at large bid, possibly the number one, to where they're not even in consideration at this point for an at large bid. It has yep. just been a complete debauchery of a second half of a season for them. And, and injuries and everything play, wait, play wait, into wait. a part of that. Has it been debauchery or a debacle? Because debauchery would... Debacle. I would participate... I would participate in debauchery, but I'm not signing up for any debacle. Excuse me, I'm going to issue clarification. A debacle. Or if you're, okay, hanging right. me, if you're hanging out with me right now, it's a debacle, yeah. which is a completely different situation. <laughs> All right. Well, I hate to even talk about them, Eva, but I guess we have to because didn't Lewis lose this last week? No, 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 no. They they, they won. They they took care of business. They okay. beat Quincy and they beat um, Lindenwood. But the the story out of the Miva is uh, twofold. One is the job that McKendry was able to defeating Purdue Fort Wayne, and yep. they are now the number four seed. They're going to have a home postseason match. For the first time in program history, they're going to take on Ball State. Ball State has not won a road playoff game since Obama was preparing to run against Mitt Romney in 2012. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge right there for the Cardinals going Lebanon, even though earlier this week they got it. They were able to win in five against McKendry. And then the other story is going to be the number seven seed, Ohio State. Are they going to be able to find lightning in the bottle with Jake Haynes and Sunil Thomas back in the lineup? They're going to play Loyola. You have a quarterfinal mm. matchup in the conference tournament that is featuring two teams that have won four of the last five NCAA tournaments. You don't see that often. First time since 1997 that these two teams have matched up in the quarterfinals. That's going to be an interesting one just because you never know with Ohio State, could they catch that, once again, could they catch that lightning in the bottle? for one or two matches. I'm telling you right now, I'm making the call. Loyola wins over Ohio State in three. I don't think Ohio State has what it takes this year. I think they've just been a beaten, downtrodden program this entire season. It's been the it's been the injury bug, and it's been the Jake Haynes uh, train that has kind of run that program into the ground this year, and I think Jay. they are just done. And I'm going to tell you right now, McKendry beats Ball State in four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I Once again, Ball State has won one MIVA road match since I in the postseason MIVA tournament road match since I started covering this team in 2007. Yep. Jay, is Jake Haynes in an Ohio State uniform next year? Well, I think he's in a uniform without question. The question is how short of a leash do they give him? I. You know, I, I, I've chatted with the staff over the course of the year, and they're obviously very politically correct. Like, oh, you know, we're, we've worked with them, and we've talked with them, and, we, you know, we're, we're aware of the situation. You're a young man. <laughs> Here's my reality. In my gym, that shit doesn't fly. And it, it's, just, <laughs> there we it's, go. Un, it's unfortunate that uh, a player uh, has that much uh, domination or pull or whatever you want to call it and I, and I know Pete very well. I've worked with him. I've, I've coached against him. Pete is one of the best coaches in the country and one of the most outstanding people uh, that yeah. I've ever worked with. And so I definitely think that Pete is not letting his kid just run Bitshaw. However, if you are letting him 
still be on the court after all the antics. From what we see from afar and from what we hear from within, that just would not fly. He would not be in my gym, I'll say that much. But that's not my gym, and I can't tell Pete what to do. All right. Well, you could. You could. Well, yeah, I could, but he won't listen to me. Let's <laughs> look forward. Let's look forward. Long Beach and Hawaii, who's everyone have in that one, starting with Robbie, then Vinny? I'm going to have to go with Hawaii. They've, been, they've, they've made the case, and they are playing so strong with uh, you know, some of the things that they are doing are mind-blowing. If you look at – even if you get an out-of-system pass, let's just say, for chance, they shank a ball left, back, way out of play. Joe Worsley has been flicking that back set way all the way across the court to Parapunov, who's putting it away. And yeah. you know, how do you answer something like that? They're unstoppable right now. So uh, I think in order for Long Beach to have a chance at it, they're going to have to just get in the right mindset and get some rest this week because it just they're, they're not playing with the same kind of fire they started the season out with. And I think them being in their home gym will be helpful, but they need to get some kind of, re- some of rest this, this coming week. Yeah, th- this is going to be the time when we can see if they can turn on that switch and take it to an extra gear. What I truthfully am going to pick, I think that, and this is going to be a lame answer, I know, but I think that we're going to see a split this week. And I'm going to take Hawaii is going to take the first one in four, and then I think Long Beach State's going to rally back the second night, wind up winning that one in five, and then we'll settle things out in the postseason when these two teams meet again in the Big West Finals, and then the NCAA Tournament. Yeah, I think that's the right call, Vinny. I think it's Hawaii the first time. I think it's Long Beach the second night. Here's the reason why. Long, uh, Hawaii, Robbie, you need to hit the nail on the head. I have not seen it better uh, in a long time that is willing to just jack that ball from 50 feet away on a dead run. And not only is the set hittable, but the opposite is crushing it. It's not even just looking lucky on a couple of swings. Or finding an edge or getting a miss hit, that kid is crushing it with full authority. And that, I, there were a couple of times on the bus last night that I was watching this. I literally looked at the screen. I said, you got to be kidding me. I've never yeah. seen that before. And, you know, to put it up last year, people were ready to sell that kid a whole other uh, a ticket back home going, you're not the real deal. The kid this year is the real deal. He's figured it out. And, again, Hawaii just has that mojo. You watch them warm up. You watch them play. You watch how they interact. They are all about each other. And that group has come up for the last few years. And, and Worsley has only been the starting center for two. That's a really good group. And I think it's going to be a split. I think, Long, I think we, we've overlooked Long Beach because we thought that match against Santa Barbara and we thought the match against USC, they've slipped off and all of a sudden they're no longer relevant. No, no, no. Long Beach is still very relevant. They just are getting ready to go for the end season and the postseason. And that's where it's really going to turn on. So, Split for the weekend. Yeah. Can, can I just throw out this crazy scenario here really quick? Because if they don't split it, or if they do split it, this will be the only time we bring it up. Hypothetically speaking, just crazy scenario that could come up. Let's say you have Long Beach or Hawaii. You have Hawaii win these two matches this weekend. You have then Hawaii win the Big West Finals. So 3-0 and against Long Beach. They meet again in the NCAA Tournament Finals. Long Beach wins. Could be interesting. I'm just saying we could. You could make the argument that even though they lost in the NCAA finals, Long or Hawaii should be the number one team, and we could have a split national championship. That that would be interesting. Just throwing yep. it out there. Yep. Mm, intriguing. All right. What else is coming up? We have the MPSF playoffs that are going to be happening. First round will be happening on the 13th of April, and then I believe it's the 15th. 
Uh, maybe the 16th or something if they finish up. So we may have one more college of Holy Week before that happens. But what about the first round, Robbie, for MPSF? For the MPSF, so we're looking at the first round. Some of the, the matchups are, are no brainers. Concordia at UCLA, uh, you know, obviously UCLA, and then you have Grand Canyon at USC. Got to give it to USC. And then this is what I'm really going to be tracking: BYU versus Stanford. Because Stanford moved into that 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 higher seed basically last night with that win over Grand Canyon. So, and can BYU win on the road? That's always the question. And they haven't been so successful. So, you know, obviously, I've got. You know, Mark Presho asked me to score because I'm, I'm watching all the matches while working the sideline game for the Irvine Northridge match. And you know, three and zero is a pretty, pretty quick uh, match for Stanford and and BYU. So has yet to prove themselves on the road. So that's me the the, the closest one I think that that is going to be a big one to watch for the MPSF. I'm going to call the scare there right now. I, I think the easy ones are the BYU Stanford. I, I think Stanford takes that one because BYU on the road. Here's the one, the upset. Remember this? Grand Canyon upsets USC. At USC, where <laughs> USC is 11-0. Yes, I'm calling the upset. That's what it's called, an upset. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And, and, I'm going to, and I'm going to go off this as well. We saw Concordia Irvine losing three to UCLA, but I really feel like this postseason match is going to be much closer. Cease or UC Irvine probably one of the hotter teams the second half of the season once they got healthy. I don't think that this is going to be a cakewalk match for for the um, Bruins. The other thing also keep in mind, the MPSF, with the way this is set up, Pepperdine has a bye week. Can they continue that momentum that they had late in the season with a bye week going straight into the semifinals? That's going to kind of be the interesting storyline for next week with such a long layoff. I, I can't wait to hear Vinny next week say about – the match with USC, that it was really close until USC swept him. I'm looking forward to that. So, you, you know what, though? And, and this is, or no, I'm it was UCLA, you said, because I went yeah, to the yeah, UCLA yeah, yeah, match, yeah, by yeah, the way. 1919-19, never in doubt. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? Here's the thing, though. It could be 1919 that that fits over that. So it is in doubt. Or you take the first two points to nothing, then you give up the next ten. So maybe for those two points, there's a little bit of doubt and question mark. Vinny. Well, Bonnie, you will doubt at some point. Bonnie, you nailed it on the head, though. It's about, it's about the home court advantage because we looked at it earlier this year. The home court team is winning almost 90% of all the matches this year. And that's going to become a factor for uh, not only the MPSF, but for everybody across the board. Yeah. Hey, going into last night in the MPSF for the entire group, it was 74-14, and 14, something close to that, heading into last night in favor of the home tide. And if you look at the home sides that we're talking about right now, Pepperdine, UCLA, and USC, I think they've lost a collective one match Yep, at home. Yep. Yeah. One. What? Pep's yep. undefeated, and- USC's undefeated. I think UCLA is 9-1. and one. And, yeah. and that's a beyond beyond the this year trend as well. Since 2012, in the opening round, the MPSF only two road teams have ever won in the quarterfinals. Well, one of them was USC last year at Pepperdine. Yep, and then the other one was number five UC Santa Barbara beating Stanford in 2016. Okay, there you go. What have we not there covered we here, gentlemen? What have we missed? Um. Probably the only, um, I think an intriguing match as well um, in the MIVA, 
keep an eye on Purdue Fort Wayne Lindenwood. I think that that could be one that that goes five. Lindenwood plays teams very very close. Purdue Fort Wayne hasn't won, and and they have gone through two school name changes since they last won a postseason match. They were IPFW when they last won. They've gone Fort Wayne now. They're Purdue Fort Wayne, intriguing one there. And also, I think that we're going to have a pretty intriguing four five matchup or four five matchup that's going to be or six three excuse me between what? Belmont Abbey. And in the Conference Carolinas, a 3-6 matchup, Belmont Abbey, North Greenville. That one's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be the best quarterfinal match on the East Coast this weekend. Right. Belmont Everybody Abbey has officially buy- changed their name to the Fighting Hossacks. Everybody <laughs> buy my shirt. There is no I in team and no I in PFW. Buy my shirt. <laughs> but there is an, an A-hole. It's an A-hole, remember? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I appreciate you staying up late in Jay's case as well as Vinny and Robbie, uh, as you were. Maybe you can catch a little uh, surf session before the sun goes down. going to try my best. All right. Right on. Right, Thanks, guys. So we'll talk to you next week. College Volleyball Weekly, See Vinny, Jay, and Robbie. See you, boys. Bye. Bye. Bye.